This is the Bad Batch Podcast on TV Podcast Industries, and we're talking about Star Wars, The Bad Batch, Episode 6, Decommissioned. We need a diversion. What we need is a diversion. Is there an echo in here? Yes. What? I'm Echo. Really? Okay, Echo. We need a distraction. Welcome back to TV Podcast Industries, and we're talking about Star Wars The Bad Batch, Episode 6, Decommissioned. My name is Chris. My name is Chris, and no, that is not an echo. There is just also an echo in here. I'm joined by my illustrious co-host. Gentlemen, introduce yourselves. I'm one of your other hosts, Derek. I'm the producer who tries to make sure there's no echoes on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and rounding out this... Galactic Troop, uh, I am one of your other hosts, John. Welcome, fellow troopers, to our discussion of Episode 6, Decommissioned. Mm-hmm. And happy Pride. We just started uh, June, so happy Pride to everybody. Whoop, whoop! Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, the Bad Batch wear all the colours. We ha- like, we're getting them all in there. We just mm-hmm. need now the Rainbow Trooper kind of costume. I'm pretty sure that's going to be awesome. That probably... There is probably someone in the Emerald Legion. Nope, the Sixth Legion. <laughs> no, the Pink Legion. Well, yes, or the Five Hundred First. Yeah, the Five Hundred First Legion. That's yeah. who I was thinking. The, the amazing Star Wars cosplayers. I'm pretty Absolutely. sure one of them must have a a, a Pride costume. Oh, as a sort of that episode. would be pretty awesome. I know John's yes. pricing up a uh, 3D printer at the moment to print yes. himself. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yes, that was just my internal processor. <laughs> I love it. I love it. No clacking of keys for you, just an internal processor looking up the internet at the moment. Uh, no, but we are uh, we are celebrating Pride this month. Um, obviously, like everybody else, because it's a wonderful, a wonderful uh, month to celebrate every single June. Uh, a little bit different this year, obviously, all in lockdown. No, uh, no big parades this year that we can go and attend. Oh, no big drinking session, Chris, like we no. usually get every year. No, on the streets. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Oh, well. Ah, we'll do it. We'll do it even bigger next year. Although technically with lockdown easing, we can actually drink on the streets. Yes, I suppose. <laughs> the pubs aren't open, but they're serving. That's true. That's true. But we'll celebrate the way we usually do by watching great TV, uh, which is what we usually do. I did share my uh, my top four LGBTQ plus uh, programs that have been on the last year uh, on, on Twitter. If you didn't get to see that on Twitter, uh, the top four that, uh, that we came up with were uh, Pose, which is on its third and final season, final episode coming out next week. Absolutely excellent show about the trans experience in New York during the ballroom scene uh, back in the 80s. Really, really good show. Uh, we also uh, were watching It's a Sin, the excellent show from Russell T. Davis on Channel 4. Check that out. Just came out earlier on this year. Really, really good show. Definitely. There was also Lovecraft Country as well, mm-hmm. which we included. Uh, and of course, we were podcasting about that. But yeah. um, it was uh, that was inclusion and diversity. Mm-hmm. And also there was um, a gay storyline in that as well yeah absolutely and of course for the star wars fans there was star trek discovery which had uh two well has got one of the best gay relationships uh on uh, in any sci-fi show i think uh that we've ever oh, seen card and Riker. 
Uh, no, no, no. Star oh. Trek Discovery, Chris. They're way, uh. way gone at that stage. <laughs> uh, or too had... early. Ooh, ooh, spoilers. <laughs> and also had uh, the first uh, trans and, and non-binary characters uh, in this season of uh, of Star Trek Discovery. So definitely go check out all four of those shows uh, as well if you're looking for something to watch during Pride Month. Yes, fantastic, gentlemen. Uh, thank you for sharing that. And let us also continue our discussions about the Bad Batch. But before mm-hmm. we do... Ladies and gentlemen, the time is here. We are going to join the Lord of Mischief in the his time-hopping adventures. Mm-hmm. Yes, we will be podcasting Loki, which comes out on Disney Plus this upcoming Wednesday. We will be following him in all of his adventures through the MCU, wherever it may take us. Because right now, I really don't know. No, neither do I. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's gonna. People were asking me, "What's it going to be about?" And I'm like, "Well, it's Loki." And he's like, oh, but like after Ragnarok, when he's really cool, I'm like, no, it's when he was like post Avengers, when he was really annoying, which just, some people yeah, like. Just after he'd been arrested in Avengers, yeah. it's taking that. It's that version of Loki going back in time. Uh, yeah, really looking forward to seeing Loki uh, back on on Disney Plus in his own series. It's gonna be really good fun. But it would be remiss of me not to correct you. He's not the Lord of Mischief. He's the God of Mischief, Chris. He's a higher power than all the other mischief mischievous people in every single galaxy. He could be the lord of whatever he wants. <laughs> As a god, he can be. He can be. He can yes, be, absolutely. <laughs> and of course, whatever salutation you want to give to uh, Loki, mm-hmm. then of course, you can go over to tvpodcastindustries.com and you can use any good or evil podcast catcher of your choice to listen to all our discussions about Loki, uh, the upcoming series there on the 9th of June. Get all of our podcasts over there as well. Indeed yeah. you can, including this one, Bad Batch, and of course all our previous stuff in the uh, the Marvel Universe, uh, WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. for this year. Uh, plus many, many more treats there if you go searching Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. Do you guys see the announcement? Why the Last Man is coming out in September as well. We are Wait. definitely making space to cover Why the Last Man on the podcast, right? Why? Why? awesome. <laughs> uh, I know you got me with that one. I know. I can't wait for it. I loved the comics. Mm-hmm. Absolutely loved the comics. Yes. Will they have the yeah. monkey? That is all that matters. Will it be real, like in Friends, or yes. will it be CGI? <laughs> so many questions. Yep. They'll all be answered from September 13th. Yes. And of course, we're coming up to E3, which is also a Netflix Geek Week. So we're going to have trailers for The Witcher, for all the upcoming, for the Masters of the Universe animated show, for you name it, Netflix and all the movie studios, including probably Disney, will be doing trailers are bound for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, true. Uh, Umbrella Academy 3, uh, season yes. 3, uh, will be coming up. Yeah. Um, very likely we're going to see some footage from Sandman as well. So, uh, yeah, yes. lots and lots of good stuff coming up over the next couple of months. Let's get into our discussion about Star Wars The Bad Batch, Episode 6, Decommissioned. Uh, once again, executive producers of this show are Dave Filoni and Jennifer Corbett. The episode was written by Amanda Rose Munoz. Amanda is a script supervisor on The Bad Batch for all the episodes and previously worked as a script supervisor over on Clone Wars as well involving uh, a number of episodes that had the Bad Batch on there as well. So, uh, great to have her over here. Good stuff. I think she was in Rebels as well. Oh, she was involved in Rebels as well. She so, was. all yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, the episode was directed by Nathaniel Villanova. Uh, he direct- he co-directed episode one and directed episode three. So, uh, continuing this uh, kind of t- uh, changeover of directors each episode as we go through. So, John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with this episode of the Bad Batch? 
Roger, roger. The Bad Batch are still on Ord Mantel, trying to teach Omega to use her new weapon. Omega doesn't have any natural ability with the weapon, and is not a fan of practice either. They are interrupted, though, by Sid, who has a new job for them, whether they like it or not. Tactical droids have become a very valuable commodity in the galaxy, as they contain the cumulative information of the droid army on how to beat clones in warfare. Following their loss in the Clone Wars, the droid army is being decommissioned at a facility on Corellia. The Bad Batch are sent to the facility to retrieve the data for an unknown buyer. As the Bad Batch carry out their mission, they realise they aren't alone. Trace and Rafa Martez, sisters from Coruscant, get to the tactical droid's head and central processing unit first, but an alarm is triggered in the facility. Under attack from the facility's police droids, most of the Bad Batch and the Martez sisters are pinned down. While making an impossible jump to free them all, Wrecker hits his head again, and dazed, he begins to repeat the words, a good soldier always follows orders. But as he awakens, he rushes to distract the police droids to give Tech and Trace Martez more time to activate the army of droids, using the tactical droid's head. Despite succeeding, the tactical droid's head is destroyed in the escape. Luckily, Tech copied the valuable tactical info to a data rod before its destruction. Concerned about the lack of information they have about their client and their intentions, Hunter gives the data to Trace and Rafa, as he trusts them to use it wisely. Aboard their ship, Rafa tells a holographic figure they have the data and they know where the rogue clones can be found. So, a new mission for the Bad Batch coming from Sid. Kind of like we hoped last week that we'd see Sid back. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, like, she is now going to be their, um, their, the Charlie to Charlie's Angels <laughs> in the Bad Batch, if that makes sense. Whether they like it or not, which yes. is what I yeah. really liked about Sid. Um, no, no, you've accepted the job because I told you you've accepted the job. <laughs> yeah. No, I I really liked her. She's got um, you know, she's got that swagger. I really liked it. Mm-hmm. I also, to be honest, you know. I was a bit concerned this was going to be a mission of the week that they were going to go after, I don't know, a, a house plant or something like that, <laughs> um, or another sort of pet, um, even if as, as brutal and vicious as a ranker. But, mm-hmm. um, I really actually, I thought the pretext of this mission that the, the tactical droids having that wealth of information to, um, destroy or at least the tactical information to um you know in warfare uh, against the clone army yeah i thought it was really smart like you can really see that that would be pretty valuable on Mm -hmm. the black market or to the uh, nascent rebellion Uh, because of course they don't quite understand yet the the plans afoot by tarkin that maybe they won't be going with the clones for for you know moving forward exactly kind of yeah, so yeah. I like this I thought was really really smart and I think having then Rafa and Trace there it made sense that there would be so many different kind of crime syndicates or or buyers for this um this information mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely what do you think Chris I enjoyed it I enjoy the fact that Sid will become that de facto kind of. Yeah, as I said, the charities ain't the charity where he's going to bring in the jobs. It's going to give us that extended mission of the week. So the mission of the week for the next couple of episodes is just always going to tangentially tie into the the wider story. 
So Maybe. we had the, yeah. the Fennec Shand kind of one where she was being, uh, she, she was hired by someone else. We, at the end of this with the, the holographic figure question mark, whether mm. it's good or bad. And it's just going to, so these one by ones, um, and that's fine. They get some credits. It will get them to the next story. It will bring them free. Yeah. I, it, I don't mind it. I enjoy it because if it's going to be these types of, fun heists or kidnap saving or things like that. It's going mm-hmm. to it, it's going to to a degree move the story forward while at the same time kind of giving us that bit of crack. Bit of action and excitement. Yes, yeah. exactly. Let's talk about it a bit more in our blaster point number one, the mission to Corellia. Uh Corellia for Star Wars fans, what's the what's the big known fact about Corellia? It's where the Millennium Falcon was built. Yes, exactly. The Corellian freighter, would that be? Uh, that be yeah, or frigate kind of thing, maybe, something yeah. like that. that. So that's where they are. That's the facility where the droid army is being melted down. But as you mentioned earlier on, John, just this this concept of what's happening after the war. I love the way they're incorporating this into the show. This idea of a mission to go off and get this tactical data uh, from the melting army, effectively. Uh, the the droids are just being thrown on the on the slag heap. Uh, here this is kind of it for the for the droid army if you watch the clone wars there were seven seasons of all of our heroes who were the clones battling against uh against the droids and here we're being told they have some really good tactical information that that could be really useful to loads of different factions i love this way they've incorporated that end of the war into the into the the post-war effort i suppose yeah they're they're being melted down i've now got this really lovely sort of image of the fact that the Millennium Falcon may have been made out of uh, old oh my uh, God, I never thought of that. from the Rebel Army or something like that. I love and that idea. I know from Solo we know why the computer in there is so manic. It's mm-hmm. because of um, Lando's droid that sacrifices herself. Yeah. But you could also imagine that it's because just the droids are pretty kooky in, in themselves. Do you know, the um, metal on the Millennium Falcon is a slight tinge of brown. It's quite similar to the regular droids, the, uh, the <laughs> Roger Roger type droids. Um, maybe that's, that's, I, I, I love this theory. John. <laughs> yeah. So I, I just Star like Wars the idea that at their, uh, at their headphones yeah. and at their radios right now. <laughs> I like the idea that it, it could be. I think, um, you know, the, the mission though, I think was, as I said, I just thought it was a really nice basis for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think any mission being delivered by the sharp wit of Sid at the start can bookend any episode. Um, for me, mm. I, I really like the fact that, you know, um, you, you have them trying to teach, uh, Omega with the new weapon that we saw her pick up in the last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there's Echo definitely trying to get her to practice, practice, practice. She's not having any of it. But then Sid comes out, um, shows that she's a pretty good aim herself. Um, but it's kind of like, no, it's your noodle arms. Um, I think I, I, I kind of like that expression because I think I've kind of got noodle arms mm. as well. So I, I guess I would be pretty bad with the, um, with a, a a bolt bow, a laser bolt bow. Mm. Um, so I like that, but she, you know, she was like, you need to strengthen them up lesson over, you know, <laughs> walks off after telling them you're going on this mission Absolutely. because I've, it's money for me, money for you. And I won't say anything. Well, exactly. One thing I did want to uh, mention about that. So just in comparison to the first time in, in episode one or the first three episodes, I guess, um, we had that moment where 
Omega took up the blaster, shot really easily the first time she'd ever taken up the blaster. And they all made a comment that, oh, look at her being able to do this um, really easily. And that kind of spurred us on to this idea that she's force sensitive and has some abilities. And here they're very clear to point out she she doesn't have any natural talent with the bow. Yeah. So what do you think of the contrast of those two things, Chris? So this is making me question the, the force sensitivity mm. aspect of it. So maybe, like, or the any innate abilities that we may think she yeah. be, she may like. There was that question: Is she a female, um, uh, a female um, clone? Mm. Um, in terms of the, the uh, Django, a female Django, um, much like uh, Boba, um, and that made me kind of well. You think maybe it's in he's a bit more innate in in kind of the the it's the nurture versus nature question mm-hmm. that type of thing um so i don't know what they were doing i i, I it was i guess a lucky shot and yeah end. exactly it's, yeah it's like a lucky shot in the up in the first episode which impressed the rest of the bad batch to you know in, introduce them to omega effectively or is she thinking too much about it no she doesn't do the alarms chris yes <laughs> well hold on sorry on that though who the hell is it who's what's sid's background i want that information Mm. Like the the back, I want the flashback on Sid of how she's just like bang 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 bang, like she's an ex bounty hunter or something. I mean, that's potentially, absolutely, definitely. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I I think we could really get that to be honest. Maybe it certainly wouldn't be flashback mm. type things, but there's a real sense of crime syndicates going on in this series so far. I mean, even with. Fennec Shands, you know, that she would move in those circles mm-hmm. potentially. Whether the job that she has to get Omega is someone from a crime syndicate, who knows? But, you know, with Sid, with the fact there's this other person um involved in trying to get this uh data from the tactical droids, mm-hmm. it all kind of is becomes a little interesting because, you know, we've as well with with um with Jabba, the, the Hutt family and, um, with the Ranker last week as mm-hmm. well. The, there's all this sense of potential and, uh, Crimson Tide, is it from, uh, the solo movie as well? Possibly something to do with that. And obviously Darth Maul being so central around Clone Wars previously. Oh, yes. Uh, so I, it, there's, yeah, an interesting, <laughs> um, sort of crimey, crime feel to it i guess we know the galaxy becomes a hive of scum and villainy yeah uh, when when the when all these factions are working together but one thing i did want to call out in 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 the conversations with sid and, and i think overall in the mission this in this point really is just when sid says what she says to hunter when she's talking to him about saying you know you're on the mission um she's effectively saying you know you make money i make money and then the next line that she says, I think can come across as a threat. She goes, and I watch your back, right? So the whole deal is they go on the missions for her. They make money. She makes money and she watches their back. The reverse is the reverse of that true. If they don't go and do the missions for her, does she not watch their back? She yeah. says she's very good at keeping secrets. I guess so. You know, is she saying as in your secret isn't safe anymore uh, to the, to the batch? You have to take these jobs now or else. I won't be watching your back and I will send somebody after you effectively. Anybody that comes asking like Fennec Shand will be sent your direction. So I wonder, did that come across as a threat to any of you guys as well? I think it's, I, I felt it was kind of an implicit threat. Oh, definitely. I, I, yeah. I didn't take it. It, it, it was impl- implied. It wasn't veiled. 
mm-hmm. I took it very much as that yeah. how you work for me. So what does that mean then? At the end of the episode here, we have the choice made by made by Hunter that he uh, he hands over the data that uh, that they've uh, been able to get after completing their mission. Sort of, he hands the data over to to uh, Trace and Rafa. They go back empty-handed after this mission to to sit. Um, is there going to be an impact to that? Is it going to be mission of the week from now on, or is Sid going to be really unhappy with them that they didn't complete what would seem to be a relatively straightforward mission? So it's going to be that because they didn't finish this, they now need to finish this other bigger, weirder, wackier one because they failed the last one. So right. it's like, oh, in order to make it up to this client that I told them that you were going to do it, or we were we were going to get this sorted, now they need me to do this. So you now need to go this, which is even bigger and even more dangerous, et cetera, et cetera. Mm, interesting. interesting. Yeah. What do you think? I think either the... The next episode could be one where, you know, that whole threat from Sid takes shape mm-hmm. and that she suddenly, you know, lets it be known where they are and it introduces maybe Fennec Shand back in. Maybe. Um, or it could be they go after the Martez sisters mm. um, if if Hunter tells her the truth. Yeah. Or, I mean, True. or simply it's Bummer and something else happens, you know, because, well... Okay, you win some, you lose some. It depends whether Sid has that attitude. I yeah. guess not all the time, but she did seem like that with the Jedi. You know, they used to be a good source of income and they're no longer here. Okay, exactly. take the rough with the smooth yeah. and so on. So I, I, I guess there'll be a good indication to see how Sid reacts to that. But yeah. certainly, um, yeah, it could be a whole range of different ways. But I, I, I think that's really interesting. It's not something... Um, I had thought too much of, mm. but ultimately, yes, they are going back em- empty-handed. Hand- yeah, you know, I feel like Sid could be a really useful friend to have, but you don't want to, you don't want to turn on her. And they effectively did; they made a choice here to yeah. not complete their mission. So, I'd love to see if that that if, if that plays out. I don't think the show's going to stay completely static for the whole season, where they're getting mission after mission every no. week. I think there will be advancement as the show goes on, but I'm sure there will be another mission. But we've had two episodes now where Sid's given a mission to them, so I'm not sure if they're going to stay in that location. And this is a good point to break it off if they've made that decision not to complete the mission. Definitely. Something else happens on that mission as well. A bit of a confirmation of uh, what we were thinking about Wrecker. Yeah, speaking of a break... Someone's head is broken. Mm. The chip is unbroken. I suppose, yeah. Like, if you does two negatives make a right? Never. No. <laughs> Double negatives. Well, I scenario. guess it's like you know, <laughs> in the old days. Oh gosh, listen to me. Um, where you know you would smack the TV to get the 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 picture. Uh-huh. Uh huh. When when it was a massive weighty thing that was CRT in, in the room. Cathode yeah. ray tube. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's yes. probably because we're both. Youngest brothers were sent across the room to, t- to yeah, hit the basically. TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, or you fiddle around with the aerial socket because it was not that great. <laughs> All right, you're really dating us now, John. Yeah. yeah. So on to actual blaster point number two. Then, Wrecker's mm-hmm. chip is starting to work. It's yeah. his very bad day. Wrecker's like bad day out, if you want to call it that. Yeah, I just, I just found. 
um, how much he was groaning throughout yeah, this episode. A lot I of really fun. liked it. Um, like he is the most likable character we've mentioned in a bunch of times. But I like you know the the initial moment before the anything happens. They walk into the facility. They find their way in. They're given their tactical positions where they go, and you just see the ladder they have to climb and, and the reaction from Wrecker just groaning about the idea that they have to. Yeah, he's kind of sighing and groaning all the way mm. through this because he's been asked to to take a lookout, which is normally crosshairs. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he had the climb up initially. It's all these groanings and, and sighings. Um, he definitely doesn't like heights. I guess is yeah. is the thing. But it was it was kind of just. It was just nice to see him kind of out of his comfort zone because mm-hmm. normally he's the first one rushing in without um, any kind of consideration for himself. Yeah, and here uh, he he kind of knows that he's you know they they're high up anyway, and then he's told to go even higher up, and you can you can sense um you know his his reticence about the whole thing. Yeah, um, but he's he in fairness to him. Still, uh, you know, he bites the bullet yep. and takes that leap and, and jumps across. But in doing so, yes, we get that that jolt, that that bang on the TV, which is his head, um, <laughs> and it kind of starts. The signal starts flickering into his mind that he mm. keeps re- repeating it. Um, that it, a good good soldier always follows orders. Yes, yeah, he doesn't get to the follows orders part. Um, no, we hear that as a kind of a flashback voice from Crosshair. So it's Crosshair's voice over the top that you hear say uh, say the full words, but he is repeating part of it, so it feels like control's about to be taken. Yeah, definitely. It, it's coming. Like, it is inevitable at this point. Wrecker mm. will go to the dark side, um, at least for an episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and we will then, I'm assuming it's the finale Wrecker goes bad and they have, or at least the mid-season finale. Um, and they, Wrecker goes bad. Omega has to talk him out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's how, yeah. And I think that, that I think, uh, yes, it's an inevitability at this point. It's just yeah. a question of when. Cause here, exactly as you say, Chris, here we do hear Omega calling for help. Yeah. And that is what, what breaks the, the hold effectively or his, his transformation. Um, so. You know, we, we, we don't know how, how these chips work, uh, at all. And we know that the rest of the batch haven't had the impact of Order 66, haven't had the, the impact of that chip. Um, but we know Wrecker is having more issues with it. Crosshair obviously was lost the instant, uh, the order went out, uh, or well, soon after the order went out, let's say. Um, but I, I, yeah, you wonder whether Wrecker will go fully bad or whether they will realize what way he's going because of his interaction with Omega potentially. Um, yeah. you know, so, so there's, there's still some questions over that, but I just thought it was uh, an interesting one this episode because it seemed to be building from, uh, moaning Wrecker, uh, throughout the episode who I do identify with. Um, John knows how scared I am of heights. Um, I think. Oh, I thought you were going to say how much you don't like walking upstairs. I also don't like, <laughs> I have upstairs. to carry him every time. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I remember when we were in Switzerland and, and uh, standing across a, a bridge across a gigantic chasm, um, which probably took me about 30 minutes to be convinced <laughs> to, to walk across. Oh, the, um, the face of sheer mm-hmm, fear terror. Uh, and terror and panic um, was priceless. So we mm-hmm. just all took photos of him. That's true. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's true. Priceless. <laughs> um, Wrecker. The one thing I wondered, did he kind of pull himself back from it happening? Because he, he seemed to then be fine afterwards or was it 
do you think that shot that he took to the shoulder that maybe um did something or is it just the fact that um okay uh, a good soldier always follows orders is a thing but it's not like he's suddenly going to do an order 66 because that mm. is a that's an order that's happened. It's gone. It's in the past. They're not going to keep... Unless they happen to see a Jedi. You know, or, or whether, yeah, it's just yeah. then you kill a Jedi on sight, mm-hmm. uh, if, if so. So that's the thing. It's kind of one of those things I'm a little intrigued to see about how would it potentially impact his relationship with the Bad Batch? Because is it mm-hmm. just simply that he knows that they've, you know, defected effectively mm-hmm. in that sense? And so... That's why, and I guess that's why, yeah. but whether there would be an implant in the head, you, you don't really get that sense. Cause otherwise, Hunter giving him an order, he follows the order. So right. it feels well, like it could be quite all happy and, and, and jolly. Even well, if it does go, uh, and, re- kick, you know, kicks back in mm. his implant. No, I think it's more than that. I think the, the actual, um, the order or the, the impact that it has on them seems to have a significant effect. Remember all of the clone troopers. Uh, were falling into line and are, and are now very different than the clone troopers we followed throughout the Clone Wars. They're all very different characters than they were back then. So, uh, so I think if it kicks in, he will turn on them. He'll know that they are the enemies of the, uh, the new empire effectively. So, uh, so I think it will kick in, but I do think it was the call from uh, the call that Omega was in trouble or Omega was in trouble. Uh, that's the kind of ability to, that, that, that made him push himself back from the brink. Okay. I think. What do you think, Chris? I I think it's just it, it. They're signposting it. So actually, what I would be more intrigued about is if the twist that Wrecker doesn't like he gets hit again and he doesn't fall mm-hmm. for uh, under the spell and actually Echo does. Echo gets hit and automatically twists, and then Wrecker's the one that has to shake them out and go, "Look, I've been fighting it for this long, and the headaches, mm-hmm. etc." Like that's. That's the unique twist on this, or everyone else falls under it and Wrecker has to break it, save Omega, and has to shake the rest of them out of it. That's the unique take on it. They are just signposting it very much so, so I'm curious to see... Yeah, I'm just curious to see what happens from it, and I'm hoping it's something slightly unique. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, let's talk about the other characters in the episode in our blaster point number three. Let's talk about Trace and Rafa Martez. Now, the reason why we need to talk about these characters <laughs> is because they obviously were really important in the plot here, but it was only had little indication when I heard their names that I should recognize these characters, but only when they took their helmets off did I recognize them. Um, they were quite significant characters in the final arc of uh, of the Clone Wars. They were um, two characters we met in Season 7, Episode 5, about halfway through the final season. Um, they were two characters that helped Ahsoka directly after she leaves the Jedi Order. Um, they were the first two characters that she meets. They're the first people, really, that we hear their opinions about the Jedi Order being quite negative, yeah. um, which I thought was a, a, a very interesting character. It trait. was, it really was. And they kind of stayed with Ahsoka for a few episodes. It was an arc of about four episodes where they where they worked together, um, where they were doing a job for someone that worked for Crimson Dawn or worked for uh, Darth Maul at the time. So, um, so I suppose it makes them really interesting because we saw them kind of uh, a little earlier on in their career, um, not that long ago, really, in, in terms of, of the Clone Wars coming into now the Bad Batch. It's only probably been a few months yeah. since those events happened. But they are working for someone. They are getting this uh, this 
data for somebody. It seems like they are uh, on the level. They did. They are very kind of down the line characters. They don't seem to be uh, villainous in any way. At least the first time we met them. So, um, so when it comes to that final moment where they get on board, uh, having gotten the data and talked to uh, this hologram that we don't see any detail of, other than maybe a cloak. Um, and they say we know where these. We, we've met some rogue clones. We know where they are. We know where we can find them. Um, I took that as not a threat. That sounded much more positive to me. It was kind of maybe they were talking to Ahsoka, who they have a relationship with in the past. Um, maybe they were talking to uh, Bo-Katan, who we've uh, seen in live action, also in The Mandalorian, and was in Clone Wars. Um, maybe they were talking to her. Maybe they maybe they have some kind of connection there, although she doesn't generally wear a cloak. Um, but there are some possibilities. You know, they, maybe they have now become part of the crime syndicate. Maybe they were talking to Darth Maul, and he's going to be coming back into uh, to this story within, within the Bad Batch. Any, any thoughts for yourselves on, on that? I went Salgur. Maybe, yeah. Because we've already seen him pre-mentioned, and we saw him in the first episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and he's uh, met the rogue clones before. And yeah. he's met the rogue clones. And it yeah. could be that he is now trying to hire, after essentially uh, him meeting them before, and then the he is aware of what conspired after that with his uh, army who was on the same place, mm-hmm. that we saw Crosshair. Um, essentially decimate. Um, my view is that potentially he's like, okay, well, we need to put the, the these clones on our side. So, and he he essentially was they're working for the rebel rebellion or the soon to be rebellion mm-hmm. to get them this information from the droid, and that that's why I took it. Yeah. Or the other option is it's just yeah, as you say, it's the the Fennec Shans, it's the. It's the the dark malls. It's the the scum and villainy of. Mm-hmm. It's either yeah. Again, I'm saying it's either the good or the. It's bad either guys. really yeah. good or really bad. No, yeah. I, I I took the same. I I took it up the same way as Chris. I didn't. And in terms of what you were saying as well, I didn't necessarily think that the hologram was going to be someone evil like mm-hmm. Darth Maul, even though we know they've got ties with him previously. Sort of. Sort of, yeah. Um, and ties, so, so just to be, uh, so they did a job for somebody that worked for yeah, Darth Maul. Yeah, but I yeah. definitely thought that it was some someone from the the emerging uh, rebellion, mm-hmm. and because of Sol Gerrera, then um, that it, it most likely uh, be him, uh, given the, the current, you know, universe of the Bad Batch yeah. and, and who's there, but it, it could be someone else. I also think that because he's that figure, um, I was just thinking about it whilst Chris was speaking that if he's that figure that, you know, all of the Bad Batch, including Crosshair, have seen mm-hmm. that could be something that triggers Wrecker in the sense that this guy should be dead. It, oh, it's the oh, or, yeah. it's the order that reconnects him to mm-hmm. the implant to actually finish the job. Like um, and I, I I wonder if there's something around that. Um, so that's why I then thought So Guerrera. Um, yeah. I think that Cause, would cause be. Right, like, I think that would be really really good. And I think. About Trace and Rafa, I like the fact that, you know, when they met Ahsoka, you know, they did, they had that disillusionment with the Jedi. But Ahsoka had to work really hard in those episodes because it was, was an arc of, of, uh, episodes with, um, with Trace and Rafa in. She had to work really hard 
to win them over. Yeah. And I did like the fact that there was still that kind of fairly uh, negative um, or suspicious kind of, you know, uh, mindset of them that Hunter couldn't really persuade them. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I guess by the end with handing over the data, maybe, but you yeah. just, yeah. like, they, they weren't going to suddenly turn around and be his friend. Exactly. Um, exactly. you know, yeah. so yeah. I, I, I'd like that they kept that consistency to these characters that they are, um, you know, they, they've, they're a bit suspicious mm-hmm. of, of literally everyone. So, um, and, yeah. uh, I, I like that. Yeah, they're going in the galaxy to make sure that they survive uh, in the past. And now uh, we, we kind of hear in that conversation with Hunter where um, Hunter's saying, you know, so much easier when we were just soldiers. We just did what we were told effectively. And you hear from uh, Rafa her saying, well, everybody has to choose a side. Um, so it seems like they've cho- chosen their side and it is the rebellion, potentially. That's where we're, that's where we're thinking with, with Saw Gerrera. So, uh, so I like that choice of Saw yeah. Good, good choice, Chris and, it, and John, because it's, it, he's the, he's the only one really that's seen specifically both sides. He's seen the clones that he thought coming to kill everybody and then they're stopped and walk away. And then he's seen another set, uh, another clone effectively crosshair coming to kill him and, uh, or coming to kill his people and killing them and succeeding. So he's the one that has that information that there are some rogue clones that aren't going along with Order 66, effectively. And it would make sense for him to also want that data from the tactical well, true, droids yeah. as well in order to fight the clones, because it's still the clones that are going after the nascent rebellion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It also just makes the Bad Batch good guys. It yeah. brings them to the light side, mm-hmm. at least f- further from the, the 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 gray that they were. They are. Yeah. Um. I I think and it's it, I think again, this it while there's definitely adult themes and adult stories and it's kind of not wholly targeted at kids. It it, it the, the primary audience. Yeah. We we'll call it that is still like that the younger generation, and. To do that, you need a positive light character. Yeah, absolutely. Like a, a, a force for good in the universe versus... So it, I think it's that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. Yeah, so I, I still say they're going to be... Because as of right now, there's only a few children who would want a Darth Maul show where it's just him being bad, killing people. And mm, yeah. like drugs. <laughs> now we'd want it. It would be cool, and I'd pay to see it because it would essentially be like Peaky Blinders in space. Um, but you wear a I, flat cap. Yeah, exactly. And because it hides cover the horns. Up the horns. Yeah. It just hides. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I just think again, it's a it's a it's a younger uh, adult show, so therefore they have to be on the good side. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And we expect to see uh, them be on the good side in the future. Any other notes about the episode overall, guys? Uh, once again, I knew these two characters were probably from something, mm-hmm. and it was a bit like, "Hey, look who it is!" And I'm like, "I have no idea, but cool. I'm glad someone's going to enjoy it." Let's wait till uh, Friday night when Derek and John will tell me. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I was like, I, I, I just. The way they framed it, the way they showed them, I was like, yeah. all right, these are, again, these are cuts again. Uh, these are, like, probably a one or two episode kind of cameo, and it's going to be one or two people going, oh, my God, amazing. 
Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I, but I know, wasn't. I wasn't sure until they took their their helmets off, and you see kind of Trace with the mohawk, and then uh, Rafa with the kind of shaved yeah. uh, side of her head. So uh, the second I saw them without the helmets off, I knew them. But hearing their names, I wouldn't have made the connection uh, instantly. Yeah. Um. The only couple of notes I have are just around the droids. Um. I like the them using the tactical droids to send all the droids that were about to go into the melter mm-hmm. uh, against the police droids. Thought that was a nice little touch. Um. And I kind of liked as they escaped on Trace and Rafa's ship mm-hmm. that the the droids that they had sort of sent after the um the facilities guards um. It looked like they were trying to get on board the the ship as well. Yeah. It's like, don't leave us here to get like killed. There were little sounds. Uh, so that, it was that that was kind of yeah. pretty good. Do you know what I really liked about that? Because obviously, again, seven seasons of those of those droids. I know they were annoying for anybody that's only seen the movies. But after a couple of seasons, you kind of get the humor of the Roger Roger droids specifically. Yeah. And when the, fir- when the first one wakes up and goes, what happened? Where did we go? Did we win? That was really good. Yeah. And then the, the, the police droids at the facility, mm. they seem to me like they were a variation of the bartender droids in the Mos Eisley Cantina, um, where uh, in New Hope. Now, obviously, mm not the same type of droid but it, it the the droid chatter and the mouth looked uh it, it sounded and looked uh very similar like it was a variation of of a droid or of the same droid okay interesting. Uh, which i thought was kind of quite was cool there a, was there a droid bartender in Moss Eisley? i cannot remember i thought there was no droids allowed in that bar or, or maybe it was, I, I'm sure there was, but I also, or maybe it's also, um, the one in the, the Jawa, the Jawa, um, sort of moving thing with the very thin kind of mouth and, and oh yeah, and the Jawa sound, sound cover, yes, that, kind yeah. of, that, that one, yeah, that might have been it, that might have been it. Yeah. I, I thought it, they were variations of HK146 or something, the, uh, droid from Star Wars, The Knights of the Old Republic 2. Or one. Okay. The assassin droid. The evil assassin droid from the Bioware game, which was grey and it was basically, it was, yeah, I, it looked like that to me. Going just, very, very deep there, Chris. Very yeah, impressive. What can I say? I think that's it for notes uh, for the episode. Uh, overall, Chris, what did you think of the episode? Because I wanted to throw it to you first, um, given that I did think having the um, knowledge of those two characters did add a lot for me for this episode. It didn't feel like mission of the week and I really wanted to know what you thought about the episode. Well, you took the words out of my mouth. Oh, really? Felt like missions of the week. <laughs> uh, the, for me, it, it's now kind of like okay, it, if they're done with Sid now and move on, and it, it, it's a different variation, then cool. They are drizzling enough in, i.e., the wrecker and the the teaser at the end that I'm like, okay, I'm in. I'm again. I'm here for the next episode. Mm-hmm. I've yet to go. Ah, I take it or leave it. I'm still being drawn enough through to pull through the twenty something minutes into the next episode. Um with the the two characters who were like wink wink, not child, you know them. And also just the mission of the week, I was like, alright. Like it's cool. I just wanna kind of speed it up and give me the longer and greater um storyline. But yeah, so overall, uh enjoyed it. Uh just wanted to Move forward. Okay. As it will with every episode. It will. 
every episode. <laughs> Time only moves ever forward. onwards. Yes. Uh, speaking of ever onwards, John, what do you think of this episode? Yeah, I re- I really like this episode. I, I think um, you know, mission of the week stuff is part and parcel for me of of uh, Clone Wars and Rebels, and I think um, yeah. I think if you get a run of them or, you know, a not very good one, I think, you know, you just go, oh, okay, missed opportunity, whatever. But I really like this. I loved Sid right at the start. I'm so glad that they had, um, like almost a cameo in right at the start with Sid giving mm-hmm. them the mission. I like that it, it seemed like it was being taken up pretty soon after the previous one and, and seeing Omega with her, her new weapon. Um, but I think having Trace and Raffi there and connecting it back to the Clone Wars, and I think just seeing the Bad Batch sort of getting embroiled in this this sort of underworld that is, you know, beginning to sort of blossom uh, under, you know, in that voyage between um, the Republic mm-hmm. and the the New Galactic Empire, I think it's really really good, and I, I like the idea that you know these soldiers are a fish out of water, and um, that they. It, it's much more intricate dealing with everyday people on different planets rather than simply getting the order to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. You know, the, the mission now is them trying to adapt to their new world mm-hmm. and reality. I like them that they've kept, you know, the, the, the thing going along with Wrecker and we start to see, you know, that sort of, poor tv signal of the implant coming through so um yeah i really uh i i really enjoyed this i i would give this um four laser bolts out of five through the eye yeah so not three out of 11 excellent uh, <laughs> no not at all no so derek Wrapping up, what did you think of this episode? Yeah, as you can tell, I, I did really enjoy it. I think the context is key, uh, as always. The context that you that you come to with uh, with this episode, part of it is seeing characters I've seen before in the final season of, of Clone Wars. I thought that was really nice to bring back those two characters and see what they're getting up to now. You know, they they walked out of the series, didn't see them again. Uh, a little mention of the impact they had on Ahsoka uh, because they were very important to her development uh, after leaving the Jedi Order. Very important that, that she met up with these kind of characters in the universe. So bringing them back now to see what they're doing, really good use of of the connection to Clone Wars. But overall, the context of the mission that was here this week, I think, was really interesting. You know, this idea that effectively what the team are doing is going to get tactical information about their former compatriots. They're getting information that can be sold to the highest bidder in Sid's side or given to the Rebellion on Trace and Rafa's side um, that will allow people to possibly take out the clone army. Um, And... Hunter didn't even think about it. Hunter didn't even question the idea that he was taking this tactical information yeah. and giving it on to somebody and doesn't even know who it is until questioned by, by Rafa. And then he goes, Oh, actually, maybe I'll give it to you guys because you guys will make a better decision on it. So exactly as you said, John, they're still navigating this, this whole new universe where people aren't giving them orders and they're just following orders. Um, the best they can and fighting and killing, you know, that was kind of their whole cycle that they were going through constantly. I, li- I, I like that in this episode, which feels like go out there, get this thing and bring it back when you kind of delve a little bit deeper. And when you look at the whole episode as a, a you know, it com- it completely, I think there's lots more in there as well, which is what I really like about this show. So yeah, really liked it. Excellent. Well, fantastic to hear that. But we also got some feedback from our fellow troopers. First up, we got an email from Heather S who had this to say. 
Hey guys, just found your show recently when looking for a Bad Batch podcast. Appreciate the various perspectives from each of you. Everyone has a different take, which is refreshing. I must regretfully inform you, though, that I am very disappointed in your lack of respect for Hyatt's and Bouquet. <laughs> Two weeks in a row now. Oh, <laughs> no, really, I'm an American and Keeping Up Appearances is my favourite British sitcom. I actually own the entirety of Keeping Up Appearances and Are You Being Served on DVD box sets. I know many people who also watch these shows still today voluntarily. What? Never underestimate the American appetite for all things British from the Royals to Jane Austen to comedies. So show some respect for Mrs. Bucket. Okay, <laughs> excuse me. Okay. While I'm utterly serious about my love for British sitcoms, I mostly wanted to say great show and appreciate your work. All the best, Heather, the American who assumed Highland Bouquet was a national treasure to all and has been confronted with the ugly reality where people do not recognize her greatness. <laughs> I guess I should feel this one. Um, you should, slightly. I've, you know, Patricia Routledge, who played Hyacinth Bouquet, she was an amazing actress. Loved her. I think, and it's not so much about the sitcom, it was the age I was being kind of, you know, when <laughs> TVs weren't in every house and you didn't have mobile phones and it was kind of like TV time and it was, it was, and dare I say it was the same when sport was on. And it was like, oh, no, now I've just got to watch sport. Uh, and I just, I loved the character of Hyacinth Bouquet. Um, and I think it's more as I've aged, I've just not kind of taken it with me, okay. I guess. Um, so deepest respect for Patricia Outledge and the character of Hyacinth Bouquet, for sure. But thank you so much, Heather S. It's good to know that there's a sizable amount of... Um, uh, keeping up appearance fans in uh, in the US. Who would know talking about Star Wars The Bad Batch would have unearthed this this sort of um this this group. A yeah. seam of fans. Yes, yes absolutely. Seam of fans. Yes. Heather, thank you so much for your email. I got the email in uh while well, I think I think I was um just finishing one of the podcasts last week and I got the email in, read it and couldn't stop laughing. Excellent email, Heather. That's uh, I love this kind of feedback. Uh, thank you so much. Uh we also received an email in from Gary Swift who says, I'm glad you enjoyed episode five. I did as well. Omega is a fascinating character with lots of potential, but I have to object to the desire for a time jump. All the best characters get time to develop. Chris keeps wanting a jump to the end of her story. There's a lot of episodes to come. I didn't like Ahsoka when she first appeared. Now she's my favorite Force user. Few additional thoughts. Omega might be an empath or Force-sensitive, but it was undermined when she didn't recognize Fennec Shand as a threat. Wrecker may be the only Batcher whose chip doesn't work and has to protect Omega from the others. Ooh, I like it. Mm. Thanks, thanks, Gary. Um, yes, well, actually, I think Chris should field uh, this one mm. uh, for sure. But sure. Uh, yes, you're absolutely right about Fennec Shand. Um, that you're right. She didn't recognise friend or foe uh, in that instance. There, uh, yeah. Yes. Thank you so much, Gary. That's the end of the episode. No, I'm just jumping <laughs> to the end there. Sorry. No jokes aside. I, I suppose I, I see. I've heard this a lot about Ahsoka. That um, a lot of people, she was not hugely loved, adored at the beginning, and over time has just become this um, this s- sensation 
uh, within the Star Wars universe and fandom. And I completely agree. I, I think it's less trying to jump to the end and more um, just trying to find out where we're going. I think that's it. The destination. I, I'm okay with the journey. I just need to know the destination. Sometimes the journey is the destination, Chris. Just enjoy the ride. You know it's going to come to an end and then you'll have nothing to watch for two or three weeks after it finishes. Um, so <laughs> one of the, one of the things I think I've always found with, uh, with Clone Wars uh, in the past and with all the animated shows really is that at the end you'll look back and go, Oh yeah, those little bits all made up this, the, the whole series and the sum of it is the sum of its parts in total. So, yeah. Um, so I think you're, we're kind of seeing that. Definitely. And I, I do, I do like that kind of flip on the wrecker and his chip actually, mm. that it may be, uh, he is the one to protect Omega from the others, mm-hmm. uh, okay. which would be really quite something. Absolutely. Yes. So thanks, uh, so much, Gary, uh, for the feedback. Keep it coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, over on Facebook, we got some feedback from Diana Mascal. She says, I continue to enjoy the series with so many fun and interesting beats hinting at fun and interesting things to come with this story. Mm-hmm. Is there an echo in here? <laughs> Uh, absolutely great joke. Still seeing several signs that the Bad Batch is struggling to find their way in this new and changing world. And letting Sid decide things for them is certainly worrisome on many levels. As Rafa points out, apparently she can learn a lesson too. Trust is also a major theme at play here, and so much worry about whether or not that trust will be betrayed by Sid, Rekka, the Martez sisters, or their unknown contact. Lots of interesting speculation on the interwebs about who that could be, but we only have Rafa's word that they are actually working to help people, although that description certainly gives me strong uh, Bail Organa vibes. Mm. I love Sid, but can't wait to see her reaction to their failure, or will they actually share the data with her too? That interaction will tell us a lot about the growing savvy of the Bad Batch and her intentions. I want to trust her to watch their backs, but right now I'm much more inclined to trust the Martez sisters, even though it's possible that Rafa hasn't learned as much as she thinks she has. Hubris has always been her greatest failing. Speaking of hubris, what was the Bad Batch thinking about letting Amiga bring a bow she can't handle yet on a mission? It certainly set up a lot of interesting character moments, but it also almost got them all killed. I'm so worried about Rekka... Love to see Trace and Tech plus Rafa and Hunter bonding. Mm -hmm. I think these two teams could balance each other out a lot. Also, it would be good for Omega. I love the play on words with the title theme as Hunter's comment about things being clearer when they were just soldiers. It works on so many levels in the Star Wars universe. And it is clear that the Bad Batch is on their way to choosing to side with the Rebels and I can't wait for it. How many of our Clone Wars and Rebels friends will we see? Mm. Uh, those callbacks alone would bring me back for more. Thanks so much, Deanna, um, for that. I definitely uh, agree <laughs> with, um, I think just generally Omega being on that mission, uh, you know, she almost gets melted effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, she has uh, a weapon that she's really trying to figure out still. So, um, yeah, the, uh, I, the Bad Batch still have uh, a lot to learn. And I really, I think, yeah, the trust element here is 
actually is really uh, important. And that's certainly from the Bad Batch being the fact that they are um, in new territory. So, you know, it is the suspicion is up um, and they're, they're just sort of uh, walking it through and seeing how things go. And so definitely the idea about how much um, kind of they've learnt uh, with their interaction with Sid, how savvy that they are will be good as I think, I think we were mentioning, it'd be good mm-hmm. to see um, how their failure and how they react to it, or even if they even mention it um, is, is goes down with Sid. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Really interesting points. Really interesting uh, message there, Deanna. Really good to hear from you. Yes, thank you so much, Deanna. But is there a doctor in the house? Why? Because we've got some feedback from Dr. Bob Phillips Mm -hmm. about this to say. Very glad this podcast has brought me to watch this and make it through the first few as this story is getting better and better and more interesting each week. Don't like Wrecker's headache. Needs a scan. Is there a growing bleed inside that thick skull? An echo should have taught Omega. You draw and release. Never hold the string taut like that. I'm fairly sure they didn't launch this as the first episode in Pride Month for any reason. But Rafa is going to be my second favourite by Telly character after Yanto Jones. Those are not accidental vibes I'm getting, are they? Thank you for that feedback, Dr. Bob. Yes, thanks, Dr. Bob, for your feedback. Um, I'm so glad you're enjoying the, the show now. Um, I'm glad the podcast allowed you to, to watch along with it. Uh, particularly like your feedback about poor old Wrecker. Uh, definitely needs a scan. Um, that is a bit of a concern, isn't it? <laughs> uh, and yeah, Echo definitely should be teaching Omega a bit better. Uh, but at least by the end of the episode, she's learned how to shoot the bow. Um, I must admit I didn't get those vibes off Rafa, uh, to be honest, but the mention of Yanto Jones, one of the best characters on the wonderful show Torchwood, a uh, classic, classic character. I'd uh, love to see that, that show come back and him come back in some way. Yes. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. That is our feedback for this episode. Thank you so much for joining us. Do you know what's coming? We're going back from a galaxy far, far away to a Marvel Universe oh so close. We will be back later this week with the first ever Loki episode. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's going to be good. It's coming out Wednesday, the 9th of June. Oh yes, oh so sweet. And then, two days later, the 11th, we have another episode of The Bad Batch. We will be doubly in your ears from now on for the mm-hmm. next couple of weeks means we'll be doubly podcasting, which means our editor-in-chief will be doubly at his computer and will be doubly in need for caffeine. Mm. So do you know how you can help us support us by heading on over to patreon.com slash TV Podcast Industries and just for one galactic credit, you can help us keep the lights on or head on over and keep him in caffeine by heading to buymeacoffee.com slash TVPI where you can literally buy him a coffee. Yes, we take a vente double mocha with espresso. <laughs> oh my goodness, you speak another language, Chris. I don't think I've ever had one. We're in the like Star Wars galaxy far, far away. I'm assuming the vente is in a galaxy far, far away, much mm-hmm. like Starbucks. You know Starbucks is the galactic corporation that became the Trade Federation. Possibly, that is how yeah, yeah. big it moves on. I just take my coffee black. Mm-hmm. 
black as my soul. <laughs> oh, I was going to go like with like the dark saber, but that works too. <laughs> and with both podcasts, we love to hear your thoughts about any of the shows that we're covering. Please email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com with any thoughts that you have uh, about The Bad Batch and Loki. Yes, and of course, subscribe and support the podcast over at tvpodcastindustries.com. Share the podcast, because sharing the podcast is, of course, sharing the love, which is what we're about in Pride Month. Absolutely. Thanks so much for joining us. Happy Pride again, and uh, we'll talk to you again next time. To off for now. Yeah, thanks so much, fellow troopers, for joining us again for this week's episode of The Bad Batch. Remember, keep watching, keep listening, and keep trooping. Bye. Bye. Bye.